I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I tell you, God is good. Pastor Tammy, I just love you. I, I just thank God for you. I mean, I'm blessed. I've been blessed so much by this woman of God. And by our friends and your, your pastors. They are doing a great work here, good work. And wherever God leads them, I know that, you know, Pastor Z is one of the few people in, in my life that I, I could go out of town and say, hey, could you come to my church? And I would never even think about it. And he, he, he would be able to step in there and do whatever he does. And, and of course, our church is real open to that. And I'm just really grateful for these kinds of relationships. Thank you guys so much for years of serving God together. And thank you, Winners Church, for being so gracious to us and hospitable. And David and Hilda, I love you. Thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Pastor John and Bernice, good to see y'all. Hallelujah. And I just love this worship team. I mean, this, what an awesome, awesome time. Thank you, guys. Y'all really brought the presence of God and took us in to the presence of God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm, I'm going to try to stay focused for a minute before we get off into whatever. You just kind of have to, I don't know what you have to do here. You just have to just do whatever God says. Amen. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. Well, I, I've been praying about this, and I felt like the Lord wanted me to minister this to you tonight. So if you got a Bible, I hope that you do, Say, short, turn to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. I thought I saw you back there, Cherie. Praise God. Good to see you. Amen. Romans chapter 8 and verse 11. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. I got a ton of those favorite. Anybody got a bunch of favorite scriptures? I say that every time. But this is, this is a good one for me. I live this one. This is, this is like a life rule scripture. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. You know, and I'm sure you heard this, because I know your pastor, I know he's, he's probably brought this out to you very clearly. You know, I grew up thinking it was telling me about some event coming in the future called the resurrection. I believe in a resurrection. I think resurrection's coming. I think that it's coming soon. <laughs> I think that lots of things are, are shifting and changing. But if you, if you look at it only that way, you're, you're missing what, what is being said. Because what is being said is talking about something that you're supposed to be living in through the relationship you have with God the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm telling you, we really have to get a concept of this, and I know you do, and I'm preaching to the choir, but you have to get a concept of this, that you are, that Jesus is in heaven. He is sat down at the right hand of the Father, and he's, like Peter said, he poured this out, called the gift of the Holy Ghost, which you now see and hear, and it's an evidence of Jesus sitting in his exalted glory, and we are to walk under that umbrella and in that power every single day of our life. And that we've got these things that are pulling on us from the world that if we listen to those voices, we're going to live totally in a way that God doesn't want us to live. And if we can understand that there is this place, and I'm telling you, I've lived in this a long time, 
It is a fascinating thing that even though you know these things and have lived in these things, these are still things that you have to practice every single day of your life. Or you get caught up in too much stuff where another thing begins to rule over you called your carnal man. Now, the old man, he's dead. He's buried through baptism. He's dead. He's gone. But the carnal man is that guy that you have to decide, I can't let his voice be the voice that I follow every single day. You have to decide. It's like when you get up in the morning, you know, I like coffee. Anybody else like coffee? Coffee and me are friends. We like each other. We, I, I like coffee all the way through the day and into the night. Uh, so, you know, coffee is a great thing. But I'll tell you, in the morning, that feeling that you have that coffee can help treat is kind of like that, that old man that you have to decide, I'm not going to have a bad day just because my man, old man says I'm going to have a bad day or my flesh says I'm going to have a bad day or the circumstances say I'm going to have a bad day or I went to bad, bed in a bad mood. When you get in the Holy Ghost, you have to make an endeavor in your life to find this thing that the old King James used in this passage called quicken. He will quicken your mortal body. Now, I'm going to date myself. A long time ago, I used to love this movie. It was uh, called Highlander. I loved Highlander. You remember that movie? <laughs> I like that movie. You know, they all, they all wanted this thing called the quickening. And, you know, I love that movie just because, man, I used to think, what, what would that be like? I would love to have a quickening. Well, I, get, I found out now that I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost that you can have a quickening all the time. A quick, that's a great word that they chose to describe this event where the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwelling in you can affect you in this way. Everybody in this place say, I need a quickening. My God in heaven, I'm going to tell you, the church today needs a quickening. Listen, I'm all for Bible teaching. I teach the Bible and minister the Bible. I love the Bible. But listen, if we don't have the author of the book telling us what it says, we come to all kinds of strange and bizarre conclusions. And that's really the major problem that we're having in the body of Christ today. I'm knocking, not knocking on the church, but I'm telling you, without an understanding of what we really are supposed to walk in, we arrive at some peculiar and strange destinations, and we really, we really spend our time in the corner spinning our wheels and not really doing the things that God wants us to do. My God, when we recognize that the early church, they turned the world upside down within 300 years. Literally all the known world, they turned that world upside down. How did they do it? It wasn't because of their great Bible knowledge or their great preaching. It was because they walked in a place where the Holy Ghost could have his way. And they made that the goal of living life. They made the things of the Spirit the goal of getting up every day. I'm going to find the Holy Ghost. I'm going to get filled with the Holy Ghost until I am quickened over into that place than I'm supposed to be. I'm going to tell you something, my friends. I came here to tell you this. When the quickening happens to you, I went ahead and did a little exegesis on this, but this Greek word that, that is described as quicken or give life in that new King James, but quicken in the old King James, it means this, to endue with new and great, greater powers of life. It is describing the, uh, the, the reinvigorating or the restoring to life. That happens in your life when the Holy Spirit is allowed to affect you in this way. This is really not a, just an event that happens because you, you just get over in a good service. This is really something that God's trying to get you to understand can happen 
when you decide, hey, that's really what I, what I want to happen too. God wants this to happen, and I want this to happen. And so I'm going to start cooperating with God. I'm going to start pointing my, my, my true north towards where it needs to go and make, make the object of my desire and the object of what I want to live out of the things that God has provided for me in Him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know what happened to me when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost? If you're baptized in the Holy Ghost, say amen. amen. Listen, don't diminish that. Don't treat that. And listen, this is one of the things. This is kind of one of the bones I have to pick with the, with the Pentecostal charismatic world today. We don't hardly hear preachers talk about that anymore. We really don't hear. I mean, boy, back in the day, you could, you could almost go anywhere that was charismatic or Pentecostal, and they were going to be talking about the baptism and the Holy Ghost, speaking with other tongues, as though it were something you really needed right now. And this Baptist boy years ago, it really affected him dramatically. Listen, I started having you know, arguments with people over that. Because I thought they were saying, I, I, wasn't, I didn't have the Holy Ghost now that I was a Christian. No, they, weren't, they were not saying that. They were just saying that you need something that God's provided for you to have power to live your life every single day. And listen, when we start understanding this, uh, it, it affects us. What it did to me is it took me as a defeated Christian. Listen, I lived a defeated life. I was born again at 10 years of age, Penn West Baptist Church in Holdenville, Oklahoma, just a little ways down the road. When I was 10 years old, I received Christ as my Lord and Savior. When I was 15, I rededicated my life at an Arthur Blessed crusade meeting. I rededicated. You know, he was talking about angels and stuff like that. And I'm like, my gosh, my Baptist pastor dragged me to this meeting and I didn't want to go. And boy, I ran to the altar and gave my life back to the Lord. But I never could live it. I mean, I could live it for a little while, but then I, led, I was led by my circumstances and how I felt. And, you know, I, I there was a lot of environment around me that was pulling me in a negative direction. And I just lived a defeated life. I did all the stuff, lived a rebellious thing until God found me and, and tricked me into going to a spirit-filled church. And when I went to that spirit-filled church that night, I did it because a guy in the band he said, uh, I want to invite you to my church. I don't go to church. I don't like church. don't like people. I just want to play the guitar. I just want to be in the band and play the guitar. And why do we have to play in church anyway? Let's go play somewhere else. Let's go play in a bar. Let's go play somewhere else. No, no, I go to church over here, you know, and I play the bass on the worship team. I'd like you to come and visit. And he would pester me and pester me and pester me. And finally, I got angry with him. And I said, look, I'm going to go to church, but that's it. I'm going to go one time, and then you don't bother me about this no more. Because I don't want to go to church. I told you I don't like people. don't want to go to church. I wanted to do my thing. So I go to church with him on that Sunday night. And boy, if you know anything about those Sunday night services, boy, some of them, <laughs> the agenda just didn't, it got thrown out the window on Sunday night. But anyway, I went to that service and sat there. And man, all of a sudden, the music dropped down. You know, back in those days, they had an organ on one side and a key uh, piano on the other, upright piano, and, and the, the worship leader started, you know, singing real soft, and this, this hush just came over the place, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of weird. What is this? You know, I don't know what we're doing. What song is this? And, and then all of a sudden, something just started coming from the platform. I'm standing, you know, in the, in the, in the pew toward the back of the church, toward the aisle, and I don't know what it was, but I could see it, and it was coming towards me. And I'm like, what is this? What is this? I could feel it more than I could see it. I could feel it more than I could see it. And it was moving, and I got scared. I thought, man, this is something. There's, a, there's some kind of thing in here. I don't know. Some, there's something turned loose in here. I don't know what it is. 
You know, I always heard that if you got around them Pentecostal charismatic people, something will get on you. You know, they're not lying to you. It's something really will get on you. And boy, when it happened, it hit me and went all over me. It was like hot fire, like honey that was absolutely boiling. And it went all over my being. And I'm just in an absolute fearful panic. Because at that moment, I knew exactly what had happened. I knew exactly what this was. This was God. And there was nobody, nobody had to tell me that. I knew this was God. And I thought, oh my God, he's found me. And now he's going to kill me because he's been after me all my life. But you know what was the funny thing? I left out of there with still a head full of arguments, but an experience. And you know the funny thing about I heard somebody say this not too long ago. They said a man with an experience is never at the mercy of a man with an argument. And my own head had a bunch of arguments, but I had experienced God in a way that I had not experienced him before. And it marked me. And I found myself not just going on Sunday night, but going the next Wednesday night just to see if it was going to happen again. I don't remember a sermon back then. I don't remember anything other than there were these moments in that place that God visited and touched and changed and drew, and it just kind of caught me. I signed up for the stuff. I didn't sign up because of good sermons. I signed up for the stuff, and I found out God's into the stuff. I found out he wants his people to enjoy heaven on earth. He wants his people to live in a place and we can't afford to dismiss these kinds of things. And it, did, it just took a few months, but I finally came to the conclusion I needed to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. And, you know, I wanted to get it in the privacy of my own home. I wanted, I, you know, I didn't want to do that Pentecostal thing because there was some, you know, back in those days, there was some little old ladies with tambourines. And there was all kinds of singing out in the congregation and running around and, and, and screaming or a tongue would break out or you know, all kinds of things would go on. And I'm like, no, I don't want to do that. I'll, I'll get it, but I want to be dignified. I want to be really dignified about it. And so God, in case it happens like that, I'm going to pray for this in the bathroom when I get home. And literally for two weeks, I began to seek God. I want to be baptized in the Holy Ghost, and it never, nothing ever, ever happened. And finally, I just asked one day at church when they dismissed, because I waited on a sermon. He's going to preach on this, and I'm going to, I guess I'll go to the front and let him pray over me. No sermon. And finally, I grabbed this little old woman, a woman that I had seen, grab a tambourine. And I said, what do you know? I'm trying to be real spiritual. What do you know about this baptism in the Holy Ghost? And she just looked at me and said, well, do you want it or not? Of course, I, you know, what am I going to say? No. You know, I, I, and, and she grabbed me. She said, well, come on. And somewhere between the back of the church and the altar, a crowd gathered. I, it was like nobody had to say, come here or nothing. It was like all these people gathered around me at the altar. And she laid her hands on me. She told me, all you need to do is ask Jesus to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and say, I believe I received this, and then begin to praise him. And my God in heaven, my life radically, dramatically changed that day. And I am a fan of it. I am advocate of it. I, I, I preach about this and talk about this. We've centered our life about this. We've centered our ministry about this. We've centered our church about this, that we're going to be a spirit-filled people. We're not going to be people that just talk this thing. We're going to be people that walk this thing and live this thing because that is what God has brought you into. That is how you live in this time.
as a Christian. Listen, if you were old covenant, you could probably get away with some of the things that we try to get away with in the body of Christ. But listen, we're in the new covenant, and that's what this actually means. The new covenant is, you know, I've been saying this a long time. I heard this guy named Lynn Hiles talk about this so much. I don't know if you ever heard of this guy. But Lynn Hiles talks about this. He says, you know, the difference in the Old Covenant and the New Covenant is the Old Covenant, they had to leave Egypt and went to Mount Sinai. Moses led them to Sinai and they got the law, an external law of commandments. He said, but we still have a leaving of Egypt and we still have a taking to a new Sinai and it was called Pentecost. You know, the same day that they gave the law was on Pentecost and now they have a Pentecost in the New Testament where the Holy Ghost comes called the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He is the new law. How do I live this thing? Sometimes we're trying to strain out righteousness as though if I just got rid of all my sin, God would be pleased with me. My God, if you'll walk in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. The answer that you're looking for is get off in the Holy Ghost and get radical with it. Get absolutely turned on to it and stop caring about what man thinks about it. We get so hindered and so controlled. We think, we, we, we hear things about, well, you know, the Holy Ghost, he's never going to offend me or he's never going to challenge me or he's never going to change me. He wants to do all those things to you to get you from where you are because where you are is not working the way it can work when you let God have control of your life. Everybody say, I'm still looking for a quickening. I want you to kind of get turned on to that idea and stay in this zone in your life from this moment on. Now listen, I know I'm preaching to the choir because your, your pastors have done a great job stirring you up in this, and, and he, they live it. I'm telling you, they live it. I'm, I'm amazed when I get around Pastor Ziggy. You know, he, I guess it's just a prophet of God, but I mean, I get around him, and I got questions, and I want to ask him his advice, but he seems to always answer them without even me asking the question. So I just stay silent and listen. But listen, when you understand this, when you really understand this, it'll radically change everything about how you live. Let me show you this. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 5. I'm going to read 5 through 7. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 5. Holy Ghost things are vital. They're not an option. You know, the baptism of the Holy Ghost gets treated like an option. Or an add, or an add, or an add-on, and that's a mistake. It's a mistake to treat the baptism of the Holy Ghost as an add-on to my repertoire as a Christian. It is something that has changed you. It is something you have now become. It is not just something that happened to you and then went away from you, and you kind of have it hanging on your keychain. It is something now that you have become. And after it, after that, it says in verse five. After that, you shall come to the hill of God. Samuel's talking to young uh, Saul. You'll come to the hill of God where the Philistine garrison is, and it will happen when you come there to the city that you will meet a group of prophets coming down from the high place with stringed instruments, a tambourine, a flute, and a harp before them, and they will be prophesying. Now listen, verse 6. And then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and listen, and be turned into another man. And be turned into another man. My God, do you realize that this whole idea of being baptized in the Holy Ghost is to bring you into what you're really supposed to be, that you will never be on your own. <clears throat> 
And if you were like me, I tried to approach my life by thinking if I just knew enough or if I had the right connections or, you know, if I, if I, if I was just able to kind of polish myself or just do, do what I, you know, if I was just able to get around the right crowd or whatever, I felt like, you know, I could find my way into becoming what I was supposed to be. And none of those things will cause you to achieve that. All of those things really are futile and vain. In fact, I'm going to tell you, you never, unless the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain who build it. And once you really kind of understand that when I get baptized in the Holy Ghost and I start living a spirit-filled life, you start recognizing that you've got what you need to be able to fulfill the destiny that God has upon your life. I'm going to tell you, there's all of us who are, who are in ministry, we know this when we walk in the Holy Ghost. You know this. You know that there's a you that lives every day, and you have your personal relationship with God, and then you're faced with something. You're not going to get out of this life without being faced with challenges that are going to try to disrupt your life. The enemy is going to attack you, or circumstances are kind of going to try to buck you. Listen, there are places in your life where you'll find, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how I'm going to handle this. I'm not sure how I'm going to get out of this. And you, you, you turn to the Lord and you begin to seek his face and you start getting filled with the Holy Ghost and you create the atmosphere of God who's the God of the impossible to do whatever he needs to do in your life. And when God shows up, it's almost like the Superman just explodes within you. It's like Clark Kent just now jumped into the phone booth and pulled off his clothes and he comes out in a whole different outfit than he went in there. And that really is a good representation of the life of the Christian. It's a lower representation, but it really is a life of a Christian who gets filled with the Holy Ghost. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost, I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you will turn into somebody that you will never be on your own. You'll actually become the man that you are on the inside. He'll start surfacing to the outside. And all of those things that God has commanded you, called you, and expects you to do with your life, now they are within reach. They are now attainable. They are now fulfillable within your life. Paul said this, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 13. He was telling these Corinthian carnal believers, if we are beside ourselves, it's for God, or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. Now, these carnal Christians, they couldn't really understand this in the degrees that Paul was trying to reveal to them. They were very carnal. They had a lot of gifts. They had a lot of things that were operating, but they were still a very carnal bunch. They were Some of them were sleeping around. Some of them were you know, suing one another. Some of them were trying to bump the pour out of the communion meals. All kinds of things were going on with these Corinthians. And they kind of, it's almost like they, they would listen to Paul to a degree, and then after a while they would kind of dismiss him, and, and almost like, I'm, we're not sure what you're doing. You're kind of out there, Paul. And Paul's saying, listen, if we're beside ourselves, if it looks like to you that we're crazy, I want you to know that we really are. Because we're, we're caught up in God, and we've become somebody that, that you might not understand in a carnal state. I'm going to tell you, when you walk in the Holy Ghost, there'll be a lot of people around you that might be your relatives, they might be your close associates or your co-workers. They're not going to really understand everything there is to understand about what's going on in your life. Some of them will think you're nuts. Some of them will think you're strange. I've literally had people come up to me and say, well, I do want the Holy Ghost, but I don't want him that much. And this one lady pointed at somebody that had fallen out in a prayer line. Now, I don't want him that much. I just want him this much. I'm like, well, then wait a minute. There's something else needs to happen in your life. You need to surrender. You need to get sold. You need to really come to this altar with something and say, God, I really need to walk away from here with you in the level that you want to bring in my life. Hallelujah. 
When we get hungry on that kind of a level, my brothers and sisters, it'll radically change everything. Listen, we've got, we really do, we've got to stop asking God to bring a revival. And we've got to get filled with the Holy Ghost again. Revival will be no problem when we're full of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I like this in the Passion Translation. Paul said it this way in the Passion Translation. I'm sure he read the Passion Translation. He said, if we're out of our minds in a blissful divine ecstasy, it is for God. But if we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. I like that. He almost separates. This is what we're like when we're caught up so deep over there. And we're looking for people to join us. Amen. You know, revivals are always looking for somebody to jump in there and get a hold of it. <laughs> Listen, if revival is around you, get a hold of it. Grab a hold of it. Hang on to it. And when you start getting into this place, listen, don't, 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 don't think it's strange that people will look at you and think, well, they're just holy rollers. They're just out there. They're just that Holy Ghost stuff over there. Well, that's okay. That's okay. Because you know what? That's what's going to change the world. That's, that's what's really going You know, we're not going to preach our way into revival. We're not going to have Bible college and we're teach our way into revival. That's not how it's going to happen. When we get, listen, I'm calling upon you as a Christian to start getting radical again. I mean, get radical. And I know you're out here on a Tuesday night, and I know that you wouldn't be here on a Tuesday night if you weren't, you weren't hungry. I, like I said, I'm preaching to the choir. But listen, it's okay. It's okay to just throw it all off and say, you know what? I'm going to abandon this, this to God. I'm going to give myself to God in the degree that I've always really knew I should do. Hallelujah. And not be, not be so restrained. I'm going to tell you, when you get off in the Holy Ghost, it'll make a fat man dance. I mean, it will cause a lot of things to happen. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, Tammy's grandpa, he resisted the, he resisted the Pentecostal stuff and, and wouldn't get born again. And his wife, Tammy's grandma, was in the Assemblies of God Church in Antlers, Oklahoma, way back when. Way back when. I mean, she's like one of the, I think one of the charter members of that Assembly of God group way back then. And I don't know what kind of meeting they were having, but she told me the story. She said, you know, her husband, he, he, didn't, he, didn't, he just resisted that stuff. He didn't really think there was anything to it. He just thought those people were over-emotional. And he goes to a meeting. Somehow he goes to a meeting. I don't know what, what got him to the meeting, but he was at a meeting. And that night at the meeting, there was a man there that he knew that jumped up and with his eyes closed, he ran the backs of the pews frontwards and backwards and frontwards and backwards. And I mean, at a full dead run, looking up at, I mean, his eyes were closed, but his head was up at the ceiling and he never missed a pew. And he ran all the way around that church on the backs of the pews. Well, he ran to the altar and gave his life to the Lord because of that moment. You know, I knew an old preacher. I'd probably name his name, and you'd probably know him too, Pastor Zig. But he, uh, he told us one time in a meeting, he said he was at a church service the, the, the day before he was at the meeting there where I was at. He, uh, the, the, uh, not the day before, but the service before. He was at another church, and a woman had died in the church service. 
Ain't nobody knew it that she died. She just died during the church service. And so they all had the meeting and they left out of the, 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 the sanctuary. He noticed that there was a stirring over there and they're out there shaking hands. And the next thing you know, they come out and say, hey, this sister over here, we think she's died. She's turned blue. She's, 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 she's no heartbeat or breath or anything. They called the ambulance to come see what they can do. Well, the paramedics had come in there and, uh, and you know, they, they couldn't revive her. She was gone. So they're going to just haul her away to the funeral home. Well, he just thought I ought to go in there and see if I can do something, see if I can help somebody. Maybe somebody's grieving or something. He walks into the sanctuary and he said, all of a sudden, the old timers had this language. It's like I was stepping in high cotton. He started moving. He said it was like something just came upon him. And he said, I started acting in a way that I have never acted before. And he said, I just marched up there and brushed those paramedics aside. I grabbed that dead woman and I stretched her out and I said, you're going to live and you're not going to die in Jesus' name. And she fell down and he grabbed her again and grabbed her again and grabbed her again and grabbed her again until she came back to life. And you know, that was an amazing, that's an amazing, he told, he told us that story, told a group of preachers that story. But here was what the kicker was. He said, you know, we were in the middle of revival. He said, we were in the middle of revival and this happens on a Wednesday night, probably the most dead night of the week. And he says, and you know what? They, the lady left the church rejoicing, her family is rejoicing and he said, and I'm celebrating the miracle of God that God was able to use me in. And, and he said, I was just on cloud nine. I was just rejoicing and happy. He said, but as soon as everybody left the building, the deacon board grabbed me. The pastor grabbed me and pulled me in the office and said, we're going to have to end the meetings because we don't do that kind of a thing in our church. And I thought, my God in heaven, what is going on over there? What kind of normal have they allowed their bubble to hover over? Amen. That's not the kind of normal that the body of Christ needs to be in. But I'm going to tell you, this whole idea of having just this upright bow tie kind of a revival is not the concept that Scripture is trying to tell us. Listen, we need to have a time in our generation where they actually start saying out there in the world, my God, here they come again. They're turning the world upside down everywhere they go. Nothing's going to stay the same. When they come into the place, there's going to be a change. And listen, it'll happen when we start wearing the Holy Ghost like a coat and we start letting them loose from the chambers of our being. And there's a river and a well deep inside of us that we've got to cut loose. And it will turn us into another man. I get baptized in the Holy Ghost. I shared this story at church Sunday. I get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And I mean radically my life overnight, instantaneously turned around. I mean, I was lit on fire for God in a way that I never even knew possible. And man, God was absolutely so real, so rich, and I just wanted more and more and more and more, and I was on fire. I didn't realize that there was all these people around me that were my crowd, family members who were kind of there. They, were, they, we, they went to church, but they weren't quite in there. They weren't sure what to make of it. They were kind of like I was. Friends, all my all my. I won't even get into that part of all these friends. <laughs> I started to label all these friends. They carried an aroma with them everywhere they went. And one night they all come over to my mother's house. I still live with my mom. I was in my early 20s. 
And they came over. I'm, I'm thinking, it's okay, this is normal. We all hung out together, except this, this was a little odd. I'm over on one side of the room. I'm sitting on, on top of this chest you know, where I normally sit, and people would come in. we start, you know, talking and whatnot. And they all came in there. Family members came in there. Friends came in there. The room got filled, except they were all on one side, and they were all looking at me. And I'm not really picking up on all of this at the moment until, until I recognize I'm, doing the, I'm the only one doing talking. I'm the only one talking. And finally, one of them leans out. It was a relative. Leans out and inched out and said, what has happened? Who are you? And the whole room, it was a room full of people. They were like, we don't know this guy. This is not the same guy. And they were in awe. They were literally perplexed. They, they were literally trying you can see it. The wheels were turning, and they're trying to figure out what has happened because he doesn't even he doesn't even sound the same. His language isn't the same. There's something that is different. I get baptized in the Holy Ghost, and I run out of the church. I run out of the church because you know church is over. But I mean, I'm running. I'm 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 excited. I'm running out of the church, and my Baptist friend was waiting for me outside in his car. And I run over to the window and I grabbed him by the collar and I jerked him out of the car and I said, it's real, it's real, it's real. Of course, he's scared to death. It's okay. It's okay for people to be scared to death over stuff like that. It's all right. And you know, the next Sunday night, I saw him in the back of the church and they're praying over him to get baptized in the Holy Ghost and he got baptized in the Holy Ghost that next week. You know, that's the thing about real fire. It'll catch. <laughs> if there's anything dry around a fire, it's going to catch. <laughs> and you know, it's okay that the world can't wrap their mind around it. We got to get, we got to get back to some real understanding and, and remembrance of what the Bible actually tells us about some of this stuff. You know why the world can't hear the language that we're speaking when, and, and comprehend it? It's because they got a different spirit. It's a, it's a worldly spirit. It's the spirit of the world. The spirit of God is in the people of God, and there's the spirit of the world that's in the world. That's why Jesus said, I can talk all day long, and they don't seem to understand what I'm saying. That's the way it is. And, you know, sometimes we're trying to reason a man into a place. You know, we turn soul winning, and if I just reason your mind at the altar where you can have some kind of mental ascent here, then you'll go away changed, and, and it doesn't change anybody. You can't change a man that way. Listen, I'm all for a man thinking better. He needs to think better. But listen, when you get the inside of the man changed, if a man be born again, listen, born again is not a decision for Christ. Born again is an experience where now my spirit has been flooded with the life of God and there has been a work of regeneration that has occurred within me. And to be baptized in the Holy Ghost is when the power of God, the same Holy Ghost that saved me, floods out of me like a river. And now he's turned loose and sent me wherever he will send me. Listen, you might not realize this, but you know, some of that, some of that stuff we're hearing, uh, and I, I used to think about this all the time. You know that Jeremiah 29, 11 scripture that we're, we're pray, we pray over, you know, I, I've got a plan. I know, I know my plans for you plans to prosper you, give you peace. You realize that that's connected to, to the whole context in front of it, which is stop asking me to get you out of stuff. Do you realize that the people of God at that time were in Babylon? 
They were in Babylon, and they were saying, God, we don't want to be in Babylon anymore. We want you to get us out of here. Lord, we're, we, we don't know what we're supposed to do. And God says, listen, stop praying like that. Start seeking the peace of the city. Start planting roots and start moving forward with where you find yourself and let me loose in that moment. My God, if we would start recognizing that job that we hate, that marriage that we're trying to get out of, You know, maybe, just maybe God has put us in a position where we got something that is needed to absolutely bring a radical change. Hallelujah. I remember this going to some Bible, Bible college courses a number of years ago, listening to the guy talk. He said, you know, the early church was full of Roman soldiers that got born again and filled with the Holy Ghost. There was many, many Roman soldiers that had come to join the church and get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost. And then they began to ask their pastors and church leaders, do I quit the army now? Do I quit working for evil Rome empire? And the pastors would say, absolutely not. It's now become your assignment. Now share Jesus over there and let your light shine where you are. Hallelujah. My God, you know, in the body of Christ today, it's almost like we have kind of shifted into, I just want to be, I just want out. I just want out. I just want out. You know, I'm all for ministering to the broken. I don't mind ministering to the broken. I'll minister to the broken. But I'm going to tell you what, oftentimes we find ourselves stuck in a gear as God's people. And, 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 and the minister can rub the hair off of our head trying to get something stirred up. And in fact, I think sometimes the minister can impart something that fires you up for a moment. But if you don't know that the football now is in your hand and you're supposed to do something with this on a daily basis in your relationship with God, that wherever you go, listen, my God, you ought to get so fired up and turned on from these revival meetings that when you go home every night, you walk into your house, you start anointing everything, you start, you start actually believing that you carry something that is needed. My God. Man, I remember those days that we used to have prayer claws. You know, we were just stupid enough to believe that we could pray over the prayer claws and anoint them with oil and pass them out to all those wives whose husbands were rascals and say, put that in his, in his pillowcase. Put that under his sheets. Lay hands on that thing and put the anointing in it. My God, we knew it wasn't the cloth itself. You realize it wasn't the sweat rags from Paul just in the rag itself. There was a residue of the spirit of the man of God in that thing. It was the same Holy Ghost that will quicken you and turn you into another man that will cause people to even become irritated. My God, it's okay if we carry the anointing out into people's lives and they get irritated. I've noticed that sometimes that's the precursor of revival. Somebody's got to get mad enough. Somebody's got to get upset. Somebody's going to blow up and twist off. It's like, okay, good. Now do we have your attention? Amen. It's okay. Well, pastor, we prayed for my husband and he's meaner than ever. Good. Amen. The devil is getting stirred up because the devil's on his way out. Something's going to change. I tithe and now my finances have went off the rails and I don't know what I'm going to do. No, keep doing it because that's what it's going to take. God is getting involved in that thing. 
And the real you, the real you is emerging. Listen, God is breaking out of the old husk in your life tonight. He sent me here to tell you the Spirit of God is what you're looking for in your life. And he'll turn you into another man. Hallelujah. He'll turn you into another man. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> He'll turn you into a... Listen, this, this familiar scripture from Philippians 4.13 gets quoted over a lot of things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, how do you think he's doing that? Honestly. Sometimes we're just, if I can just make it another moment... I can just, if I can just, if I can just not think about that, I can just make it. Oh my God, you get filled with the Holy Ghost and all of a sudden you stop caring about all the things that the devil's been up to. And you start putting him on notice and running him out of your life. You know that he's the trespasser and he's just been trying to get you off of stuff. Listen, you start recognizing I've got the power. I've got the upper hand. I am the more than a conqueror now. All of a sudden it's in your court and you start taking charge of things. My God, I totally agree. The anointing can come upon your life to rule. It's time for us to start. Well, I, 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 you know, some people tell me, well, I just feel like I'm, I'm called to the nations. I, I, I feel like I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this and that and the other. And it's like, but they won't go home and take charge over a, a lawn that needs to be mowed or dishes that need to be washed and, and chaos that's going on. And pull the drapes and keep it dark because I'm sad. Listen, my God, you know, depression was a big part of my life before I got filled with the Holy Ghost. You know, depression in my life was because I grew up with no Christmases. I mean, I grew up watching all the other kids have Christmas. I never had a Christmas. Never had a Christmas because, you know, it was real convenient for certain relatives to, to just not have to buy, you know, Christmas presents. And it was like, you know, you know, growing up like that, you know what? You develop a tendency towards depression because no matter, no matter what age you were, you're, you're getting up as a kid hoping that there's something in there, you know, maybe believing that there is because everybody's getting stuff. And, you know, so depression was a part of my life until the Holy Ghost showed up in my life. Now, depression is not, not a part of my life. And listen, I understand. Well, I understand people have their own struggles. Everybody's got their struggle. But I'm going to tell you something. If you get full of the Holy Ghost, you won't be depressed. I'm just saying. I'm just telling you. I mean, I, we have forgotten these kinds of things. We have really. Listen, I understand. I, 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 can, I can have sympathy for you in what you go through. I understand suicidal thoughts. I understand panic attacks and anxiety. I understand that stuff. I went through that stuff. But I also understand that the last thing we need to do is find a group of people going through the same thing just so we can talk about it and talk about it and talk about it. And then all of a sudden, we have now become special and nobody understands. And now I'm going to perpetuate this brokenness the rest of my life. That is not the body of Christ. You realize we're gathering as the people of God because we are talking about the victory of the cross and the power of God to live it. And we are reminding ourselves as we gather in the presence of our Father that He's got the goods. And He's given them graciously, mercifully, kindly, and freely to me. 
and I need to remind myself of the treasure that's in me and start selling. I heard a man of God say this recently to another group of preachers. Been to a few preacher meetings. They're some of the most dead meetings you'll ever go to. And these are the people that are leading us. And you know what he told? He said, I'm going to tell you right now, you know what our problem is, preachers? We're not sold out. He said, we, we, we know the treasure is in the field. We know that, but we won't sell everything we have and buy that field. He said, that's the real problem. That's our problem in the body of Christ. And it's not just a preacher problem. It's a Christian problem in the body of Christ in America. I'm telling you, God's trying to bring us back to an understanding. We got to, we got to sell everything. Quit, My God, quit hanging on to everything. You know, I learned this from, from Bible history. Do you realize that the Christians in Jerusalem, there was not a Christian in the fall of Jerusalem in 70 AD that died? Not a single, lots of Jews died when the Romans conquered the city and took them out, but not a single Christian has been ever recorded in history to have died. You know why? They recognized God was moving somewhere else. And you know what they did? They pulled up their roots and they sold their stuff and they got out of town because they knew God said something was going to happen over here. And they followed the Spirit of God when the rest of everybody held on to all their stuff. I'm going to tell you, we got to, we got to be real cautious about that kind of a thing. Now, listen, I'm not telling you just to, you know, just to let your car payment go back. And I'm not telling you that stuff. That's another thing. I am telling you, listen, we hold on to something so tightly that it now is lording over our life. And Jesus really can't take us where he wants us to go because our heart is stuck on something else because it is our treasure. Hallelujah. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We shouldn't be governed by our circumstances, led by our circumstances or by our feelings or by all of those things. When we get full of the Holy Ghost, we turn into another man. We turn into another man. The quickening, the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. The reason I learned that scripture, I used to be on the worship team when I was a young man. This is after I got filled with the Holy Ghost. I worked uh, probably about 10 to 12 hour days back then, six days a week for nothing. I think I got paid like 100 bucks a week. But I was on the worship team. I was glad to do it. But Tuesday night was practice night. We had to be at the church at 6.30 on Tuesday night. The object was to, to, to do an hour of practice so we could be, pray, be prepared for the next uh, week's stuff. And, of course, I wasn't the worship leader. I was just on the team. I'd play the bass or sing or whatever. And we'd get there, and everybody's tired. Tuesday night, everybody's tired. You know, you're, you're, you're kind of not thinking of church. You know, church is Wednesday. Church is Sunday. This is Tuesday. The week, I haven't hit hump day yet, so, you know, we're not looking for the weekend yet. So it was kind of tired. We'd drag in there. Some people would complain. I could just remember they were just, just feeling so tired. And she'd say, now snap out of it. This is the worship leader. Snap out of it. Everybody snap out of it. We're pretty tired tonight. God don't care. Listen, we used to get talked to like that. You realize you can't talk to people like that in the church anymore. I don't care. That's what she would say to us. I don't care. What do you mean you don't care? We wanted a mama that will sympathize with our weakness. And she said, no, I don't care because the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, dwells in you, and he will quicken 
your mortal body. And you know, she would say that every single week to us. And it was like one time, it was like one time going way into this month, it was like it clicked. Because we noticed that we would come in there dragging in, kind of knowing it was our obligation, knowing it was what was expected of us as a leader, knowing we had to get prepared, but really not wanting to be there. And hoping the hour would go by quick. But every single week without fail, we never had a one-hour practice. Somewhere in the course of that hour, we would get caught up so much. It's 9.30, 10.30, and we're starting at 6.30. And then we just look up, and it's like, oh, it's 10.30. And nobody wanted to go home. That's when everybody goes, is there anything still open? Maybe we could go have a snack. We walked in there going, I just want to go to bed. And we walked out of there completely energized and turned on. And we, we walked out of there who we really were. And I'm going to tell you, you've got to learn to practice that as a child of God. It's not just a special... Listen, you, you should practice that every single day of your life. I got to find... I call, it my, I call it to think my zone. I got to find the zone. When all of this stuff is unraveling in my life and it's all going south, I try to find the zone. I'm, I'm searching for the zone. I know it's there. I, I know it's there. I may not feel it right now. I may not... Everything in, in me may say, nah, no, it's not today. No, it's there. It's there. I just got to accommodate it. I got to search for it. I got to, I got to go after it. I don't care if I'm in the middle of a task. I'm in the middle of projects. I'm in the middle of stuff that I got to get done. I'm looking for the zone. I'm creating an atmosphere. You know, we used to say it a long time ago. You know, if, if you want to start having a better marriage, maybe it should start by changing the atmosphere. And maybe you shouldn't drive around all day listening to all those old cheating and drinking songs like everybody used to listen to. You know, if you listen to that all day and feed on that all day, no wonder that's materializing in your life. And you know, I'm going to tell you something that might sound a little radical to you, but listen, I'm going to tell you, you know, I, do I think secular music is bad? No, I don't. I'll listen to some secular music, but boy, I know, I know, I know, I know there's a line. I know there's a line. I'm telling you, that familiar thing will drag you back into stuff. And next thing you know, you're thinking like you thought in the 80s. My God. Somebody like, I wasn't even born in the 80s, huh? Well, it was a good time. Amen. <laughs> No, not really. It wasn't that good. <laughs> My wife's over here going, be quiet now. Be quiet now. <laughs> I, I need to pray for you, brother. Can I pray for you? Would you mind? Yeah, you in the, the, the lighter colored shirt. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, you're right here. <laughs> I just want to pray for you. No, no, I didn't see you sleeping. No, I actually saw the Spirit of the Lord on you. I saw the Lord wants to, can I just minister? I just want to pray for you. Go ahead. 
I just feel like I need to pray for you. Father, I just thank you for this strong man who carries a lot of things. And Father, Lord, I just ask you to, to bring about what I've been preaching about tonight, Lord, because I believe that needs to come into manifestation here. There are many cares, many things that he carries. And Father, those things need to really go on your shoulders. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help him to sort out things that I am to pick up and things that I'm not to pick up. And I would tell you to heal him, Father God, in his heart, in his life. Lord, I see that sometimes he's been shot at with spiritual arrows that have tried to stick in him, hurt him. But God, he's a strong guy. And I pray blessing over him in the name of Jesus. Lord, that, that these things the enemy would like to do just to kind of wear him out early will never be able to be achieved. In Jesus' name, I break assignments against you. And I declare over you, my brother, may the Lord Jesus himself just rest upon you in such a profound way that carries you to places you have tried to get to but haven't figured out how to get there. As I see the Lord is changing a season within your life and he wants you to walk into a place of refreshment, a place that is green, greener than any other thing that you've had in your life that you find rest for your soul. I pray over you in the name of Jesus and ask the Lord to bless you and encourage you and to begin to minister to you. Hallelujah. And to literally, I'm going to pray this, to literally help you loosen the grip on some things that you feel like if I, don't, if I let this go, it's going to go the wrong way. Well, no, you're putting it in the right hands if you put it in Jesus' hands. He knows what to do with stuff. He knows what to do with stuff. Because I see that assignment. The enemy wants to wear you out. He's trying to wear you out early. He wants to rub you down like an eraser on the end of a pencil where there ain't nothing left. But I just speak over you. That will not stand in Jesus' name. And I pray over you and bless you today. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Gaby. So I want to ask you to stand up tonight. Did I go too long, Pastor Zig? Okay. Hallelujah. I want to be. Hallelujah. Let's call upon the Lord. Amen. Let's, let's draw upon him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. If you have a prevalently prayer language, I'd like for you to exercise that. You know, tune in that radio dial, amen, and connect with the signal. Hallelujah. If you're in the place tonight and you have a headache, I need to pray for you tonight. If you have any kind of a headache or sinus thing, I need to pray over you tonight. If you think you do or something's going on like that, I want to pray over you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I want to pray over you if you've got a sinus thing going on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, anything going on from the neck up, like, like tension, headachey kind of feeling. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. As you love you, sister. Oh, how I love Jesus. I'm telling you. Boy, does he love you. Does he love you? I'm telling you, his heart swells. He gets excited when he gets to spend some time with you. He watches for you. He watches for you to make special time. I would encourage you to, do, to, to recultivate your life to where you spend more time with God. That you kind of push some things aside that you could do, but they really ain't that important. And you cultivate that time. Because I think that there's things he wants to say to you. But he doesn't really want you to miss them. And you know, it's like you can listen, but you, but you, you think you can multitask better than you do. <laughs> and that might be true with some, but it ain't true with everything. Not with the things of the Lord. Give him your undivided attention. Hallelujah. And you know, there's a real truth in the scripture when it says, when you see his glory, it changes you. A glimpse, we sing it, a glimpse of his glory. Well, that's scriptural. That's, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 3. When you see and behold in a glance the glory of the Lord, you're changed into that same image. And there are some things about that that when you start making time and you start cultivating the atmosphere, there'll be, there'll be things that will adjust. They'll change. And you'll be like, well, I don't know how that happened. You know, I, I, that's just because he knows how to get it done. All you need is him. Hallelujah. So I'm praying for you. I'm going to believe he's going to heal you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now, I always tell people if, they do, if, I, if I miss it, then you go ahead and throw it away. It don't hurt my feelings none. You're, you have the obligation to judge. Father, I pray for healing on my sister in Jesus' name. My God in heaven, I'm going to tell you right now. Hallelujah. It's moving, the flowing of the current of God's power. In the name of Jesus. Now lift your hands up to the Lord. And I want you to say, Jesus, I'm giving you stuff tonight. These shoulders aren't going to carry that stuff. I'm going to give it to you. Cast my care on the Lord. In the name of Jesus. I anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And I pray over you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Be set free of the infirmity. But be set free of the burden. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now. This is, this is part of the whole thing, I think for me being here is that if you got burdens you're carrying burdens listen it's time to, to shift it's, it's really time to lighten the load 
It's time to not walk out of here with that stuff. Jesus knows. You, you think, I'm going to tell you, your pastor's the same way. Sometimes people look at us and they're like, they must have a plan. They must have been young and drew out a plan. And they're just at this stage of their plan. No. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, I have no idea. My, I, I don't know how to get there. All I know is to keep following. All I know is to keep pursuing. And I tell you, God knows how to get you there. You realize that Ruth, she goes out because she just needs to gather up some food for her and her mother-in-law. And the Bible says by happenstance, she happened to light in the field of Boaz. She wasn't even going towards Boaz's field. She just went out. And somehow God put her where she needed to be. And it radically changed her future. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, I pray for all these symptoms to go from you. And for you to be free. I pray, Father, for the rest of this year that she smiles more, laughs more, rejoices more, is happier than she has been in a long time. The spirit of the true spirit of God manifesting in great joy. Great joy in her city. Great joy in her life. Great joy in the name of Jesus. This is not a time for sackcloth. It is a time of rejoicing. Hallelujah. <laughs> in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Lord, I pray for my brother right here, and I ask you to touch him and take away the symptoms of this. If there's a headache or if there's an infirmity, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ, and I command that to leave him. I command that to leave him. I command that to leave him in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Pain, go. Infection, go. In the name of Jesus. Lord, anything else? Anything else in there? In the name of Jesus. In that system of his, Lord, I pray that you'll clean it out. That everything that moves around inside of him, in his body, is free. In the name of Jesus. I pray, I pray, Lord, that when he goes to the dock, if he ever does, Lord, that he'll have the best numbers. His cholesterol will be good. His blood pressure will be good. His blood sugar will be good. In the name of Jesus. I don't know why I keep seeing blood pressure, but I'm just going to pray over you, and I'm going to pray over it anyway. In Jesus' name, Lord, I pray for healthy, good, normal blood pressure. Hallelujah. Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. I was going to pray, call you out anyway, Titus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands up. Praise God. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for not only healing him. Hallelujah. But for flooding him and filling him again and again and again with the Holy Ghost. You've been baptized in the Holy Ghost yet? All right. You want to be? All right. I want you to say this. Tammy, you got to help me here. Say, Lord Jesus, I want you to baptize me in the Holy Ghost. I need the power of God. I'm ready to receive. And I believe right now that you're doing that. Now, Titus, when I put my hands on you, I'm going to pray for you. And I want you not to pray in English. I want you just to step out. You can close your eyes and just step out and be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Listen, you do the speaking. He does the directing. It's that simple. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you for baptizing Titus in the Holy Ghost. We pray right now. Fill this young man with the Holy Ghost now in the name of Jesus. Out of his belly flow rivers of living water in the name of Jesus. Go ahead, brother. Step out there. In the name of Jesus. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's what you do. By faith, brother, step out there and receive it. He's healing you too. In the name of Jesus. That's it. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. <laughs> Baptize him. <laughs> Baptize him with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Now listen, I know you were moving a couple of syllables in there. It's okay. That's how you start. I want to encourage you. Every day, you find time, even when you're going to bed at night, say, Lord, thank you for baptizing me in the Holy Ghost. And you kind of just practice. You just kind of step out and trust God. It took me a little while. But boy, when it got, I got there, man, it got, I got there. Hallelujah. And you know why I think this is a good night for this? Because, you know, you're coming up on some decisions in your life. And I'm going to tell you, God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. And you, you're going to have a great time. You're going to have a lot of fun. But God's got a plan for you. And, you know, he's going to direct your steps. There are lots of plans in a man's heart. But the Lord's going to direct your steps. And you're going to walk it out. Hallelujah. And so he's kind of getting ahead of the curve, I think, right now. And setting the tone for you to learn. Spirit-filled living in a way that it's not, it's not being led by, by your mom. It's being led by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I hear the Lord say, Titus, it's, it's time to become a man. Hallelujah. The man of God. Hallelujah. 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 I love you, brother. Hallelujah. I love you. Hallelujah. Amen, sister. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
How are you? Are you okay? <laughs> I want you to lift your hands up to the Lord. Amen. I'm going to pray for you. I know I asked for people to come up here and share. Are you sick? Are you having something going on in your body? Or are you just coming up in the line? All right, good. That's what I was thinking. I don't think she's sick. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know y'all came up for, for prayer for sickness, but I'm going to tell you, hang with me. You're not leaving the same. You're not leaving with the, you're leaving the stuff here. Amen. Praise God. It's going to leave you. In the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for this sister in the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you. You know, they say that Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty back together again, but that is not true in Jesus. That is not true in Jesus. That is not true in Jesus. He, he puts it, you know, anything the Lord repaired, you just take man, man sinned and screwed the whole universe up. But yet God, through his great salvation, has turned us into something we were not before that act of sin. He come to live inside of us. We are, we are, he restored us better than the original version. So that's why Humpty Dumpty can be put back together and he will be better. He'll be like a super Humpty Dumpty. Amen. <laughs> Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for this healing tonight. Lord, it's a healing on the inside. It's a healing in the mind. It's a healing on the outlook. I see your perception, your lens is changing. God is just wiping the stuff off your lens in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, clean it up and clear it up right now. And you know, I hear that, I, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, you're going to get up and the birds are going to sing and the sky is going to be blue again. And light, the, it's going to be a different world. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I love you, sister. Praise God. Amen. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Lord, bless Andrew. Bless him, bless him, bless him. <laughs> bless him and his growing family. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, I bless this young man. And I pray, Lord that the treasures inside of him or that there'll be just a constant cycle a constant walk where things will bubble up inside of him you know there's more inside I got to be careful here there's more inside of you than 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 has been seen at this point but as you walk and you're faithful as you are faithful I stress this as you are faithful you know that's the key when you are faithful to God, it brings you into the other places that you're growing into as a man, a man of God. Hallelujah. And you know, the Bible says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. You know, there's a change that's happening here. I don't know why I'm on this tonight, but there's a change where... Uh, you're about, you're about to take a hold of life in a way and take such a lead, a stronger, a stronger willingness.
to, to lead and to cover. It's not that you haven't been doing that, but I think it's been a lot of times you hadn't known quite how, what that really was. And I see that that's changing in you. Hallelujah. And it's going to unlock things that you have felt. Because there's been a frustration inside of you where you kind of felt stuck. But it's, it's, you're getting unstuck right now. In Jesus' name. You're getting unstuck right now. In Jesus' name. So I pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In fact, I'll tell you this right now. You know, frustration is not necessarily a bad thing. Frustration is sometimes... God is bringing us to a place where we're just unwilling to stay where we've been. We just, we just don't want to stay where we've been. It's now time to shift our position, to adjust. Hallelujah. And then you find spiritual frustration leaves. I know that as a pastor. When I get real frustrated with certain things, it's time to change my position, change the situation, readjust. And I find frustration leaves. It's often part of the calling of God that keeps the momentum growing. Listen to me. You have a tendency, you, you have a tendency to coast. You have a tendency to kind of let it work itself to the point that you're almost not driving anymore. You're almost not, not looking at the road. You just kind of let it go. And that's not really the way it should be. Hallelujah. So frustration is going to be part of the equation to help you to kind of get, get back in touch where, Jesus, I need, I, need, I need to work with you here. I trust you. I know you can do it. But I need, I, need, I need to cooperate. Hallelujah. And it unlocks things. Praise the Lord. I didn't mean to get off into this tonight. But I, but I, 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 I just tell you tonight, you're coming unstuck. Amen coming unstuck. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you, Father. Now, Pastor, if I'm missing it, tell me. I'll stop. But I'm going to pray right now in the name of Jesus, healing over my brother, healing over my brother, healing over my brother. I pray healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I pray healing on you in every way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you for this sister in Jesus' name. Thank you. Pray healing on her. Let this thing leave right now. I pray right now, let it, let the thing leave. I rebuke the thing. Let sickness go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, there's another young man right here. And I, I got to come back to this because I, I just feel I'm missing it if I walk away. You're on a wheel. You're on a, a potter wheel of God. And he's, he's working you. He's shaping you. But you're real moldable. You're real shapeable. And you know, I would even venture to say, I, 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 I perceive that there are voices that try to tell you to jump off the ship. That, that if, you, that if you, you just can't believe everything you hear. 
But I'm just going to tell you, listen, God's got you in a right place because he's, he's shaping you. He's shaping you and molding you, and you're willing to, to be shaped. And that's going to enable an outcome, an outcome that is desirable. An outcome that is desirable. That might be me. I hope it ain't. But the outcome of maturity that's coming will enable you to be a very solid man. You are a solid man. But I'm telling you, one of those solid men that's, that hangs with it a long time. One of them guys, you've been in this thing so long. And boy, people will want to know what's going on here. And you'll be able to, you'll be able to know what's going on with them. Hallelujah. So I just encourage you, listen, it's okay for, to let the Lord squeeze on you and, and shape you. It's okay. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but it's okay. It's okay. Hallelujah. And don't let the devil talk you out of what God has for you. Just don't let him do it. Amen. That's all I'm going to say to you. Praise the Lord. Lord, I just pray in the name of Jesus, bless my sister. Bless her. Encourage her. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you for the man of God. Thank you for the preacher. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Bless this family. Encourage them. Hallelujah. 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 All right. Okay. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm having an argument with the Lord. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I, I, don't, I don't ever come thinking I'm going to do this. I really don't. You know, I just saw the headlines. You know, there's this term, the headlines read. Well, there's a new edition. Amen. And the lead story of your life is just is adjusting and changing. And the Lord is going to take you in this season and kind of draw you out. And there's things in you that he's going to start bringing to the surface to use. And whatever your story has been, it, it, the half of it hadn't been told. The rest of it hadn't been told. And listen, God's going to bring it to a, to a good conclusion. Because I saw a newspaper with a headline. And it was like, this was the way your story was, was projected. And I saw the Lord say, a new edition. A new addition, that's not the story of your life. Your life, this, this part of your life, what you're about to walk into, is going to be the story. And lots of things that you could not make sense of are going to begin to make sense. And you're going to realize it wasn't for nothing. There's some things you felt like were just a loss, and they're not. They're going to, they're going to, you're, you're, you're much more seasoned then I think people may realize, you know, you know life, you know life. But I'm going to tell you something, you also know grace. And there's an abundance of grace that God has shrouded you with. Hallelujah. So even those things that you thought were lost are not lost. Hallelujah. 
He has a way. Hallelujah. I pray over you in the name of Jesus, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you for her. I pray, God. I pray that she walks out of here with the greatest measure of peace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I love you, sister. I love you, sister. Praise God. Let's pray over baby. Praise God. Father, I pray baby gets filled with the Holy Ghost over and over and over and over and over. As baby starts leaping, leaping, leaping. When the worship team fires up. That baby comes out praising. That baby comes out. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this precious couple. I ask you to bless them. We pray over them, Father. Yep. That's right. That's right. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. How are you, sister? Glory to God. Amen. You're a very positive person, aren't you? I am. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. All right. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. Praise God. Well, I encourage you to give it away. Find somebody and just, just believe that when you walk into the room, God's doing something. Amen. So, Father, I pray over my sister. Lord, if there's been a sickness that's tried to attack her, we rebuke that thing. But, Lord, that's not even the reason they're here. They might have come because we gave that call. But, Father, I believe there an impartation and a stirring is happening. Greater measure of the release. Thank you for her. Hallelujah. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Now, is everybody in your circle living for the Lord? Yeah. Do you have a negative influence? It's really, yes. Okay. Yeah. I'm seeing that that's, that's changing. And you know what? <laughs> Some, you know, I know that you should, we just, we just said, you know, go share, spread the, the, the Holy Ghost wherever you go. But you know, it's almost like People will, will, will try to play the I got you game if they can with you. And I, I see that, uh, that your consistency, God's going to honor that. The reason change is coming is just because you just continue to go with God. And God's just going to adjust it. You know, everywhere God goes, thing, the molecules readjust. But boy, I love this passage in the scripture where the Bible talks about God came down and stepped down. And the, the, the Hebrew says that God stepped down and under his feet were sapphires. So he stepped into nothing and the molecules rearranged and became a floor of sapphires everywhere he stepped. You realize that when you're carrying him around, the molecules of the room are readjusting because all of creation is going to scream his glory. And so the enemy tries to implant these, these bombs around the promised land. And it's our job to go in there. And it's, they're just going to be displaced. And God's just going to change the thing. 
that the mind that's been under the influence of something dark is not going to be under the influence of something dark because we're going to be here and we're just saying, God, we trust you. You're going to do, I'm not going to let go. But I see something changing there. I just saw a negative influence that kind of is there and it troubles you and it's just, it's going, God has just saw it and it's, it's over. Amen. God's going to change that and a mind, a mind is about to be changed. Hallelujah. So amen, I'd say that to you in Jesus' name. Praise God. How are you? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. You love Jesus with all your heart? Have you been dealing with any sickness or anything? All right. I, I figure that everybody up here is not, not sick. You know, the scripture says this, the scripture says that, you know, we, we uh, delight ourselves in the Lord. He'll give us the desires of our heart. You know, that actually means that he'll download into us the things that he wants us to want. He readjusts our wants. But you know what I saw when I, when I, when I started to, when I, as soon as I touched you, that it, you're kind of playing ping pong with God. You're kind of tapping it away. Some things that he wants you, he's, 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 he's wanting you to kind of open up to. And you're kind of like, but I don't think that's me. Hallelujah. But it, it, it will be. And I, I, would just, I would just encourage you to trust the Lord. And just, he's not going to make you any, anything weird or anything. You know, he's just going to, you're just going to have the things that he wants you to want. And it's going to change a lot of things about how you see your life. Hallelujah. You're not a fly on the wall. He, he, he's going to bring you forth. He's going to bring you out. And your influence is going to be greater than it's been. Hallelujah. You are precious. I'm going to tell you, you're precious. You're very precious. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I just encourage you, just, just say to God, I'm okay, God. You just go ahead. You put it in me. It's okay. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the man of God. Thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus. I pray over him blessing, peace, healing, health, grace, love, life, and a fresh infilling of the Holy Ghost. Take a deep breath, brother. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Filled with the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah. I think we got more right down here. Praise God. Hallelujah. I want to pray for you, brother. Hey, you good with Jesus? All right. You love him with all your heart, huh? All right. Praise God. Hallelujah. You go to church here regular? All right. Faithful to the call of God? All right. Praise the Lord. Amen. I want you to lift your hands up. I want you to close your eyes. I want you to say this. Say, Lord, I am willing to let you do anything in me you want to do. And I'm saying it right now. I bend my will to the will of the Lord and I declare 
Jesus is Lord. Thank you, Father. Fill me with the Holy Ghost. Anoint me and release in me a fresh touch of God. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray right now. Lord, you walk through every wall. I bless my friend here today. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Let's do this one thing. Say, Heavenly Father, I forgive everyone who's hurt me, done me wrong, and I release them. I'm not going to hold anything against anybody. I thank you for that today, for the grace to do that. In Jesus' name, amen. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Yeah. Tammy, I want you to lay hands on her. Let's pray with her. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. thank you for that healing. We thank you, Lord. We believe we receive it right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for her anointing. Thank you for her grace. Thank you, Lord. That grace, Lord, she's just learning to ride with the Lord. I mean, she is learning to flow with the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the life-changing power of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for Carolyn. Carolyn, Carolyn, Carolyn. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Lord, we pray over her. In Jesus' name. You know, I heard the Lord say something to me in the springtime. It comes to my mind right now. And you know what he said? He said, he said, tell my people that this year, and I told the church this, that this year is going to look scary in the natural, but they're not to look at that. If my people will bend their ear and listen to me, then I will cause them to prosper, and they'll come out of this time with increase. Hallelujah. It is not according to the way of man, the way of the Lord. He knows the way. I heard him say that. And you know, if you go by the natural, they're saying the whole world's burning down. 
But you know what? So what? <laughs> if the world burns down, don't mean I'm burning down. If it all goes to pot, it doesn't mean I'm going to pot. Wealth of the wicked's been laid up for the righteous. Hallelujah. And you know what? It's time for you to prosper in ways that you have not prospered. It's time for your life to flourish, to be fresh and flourishing. Hallelujah. You keep giving yourself to God and giving yourself to God and giving yourself to God. And I would encourage you. Don't ever stop doing that. And don't allow any discouragements to drag you down and be like weights that you just carry around. Because you are not that person. That is not you under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. You under the anointing of the Holy Ghost changes the temperature of the room. And my God, that's you. That is you. Hallelujah. This guy said a long time ago, I remember him saying, Jesus, you lit me on fire. Now show me where to burn. <laughs> that's Carolyn Lord I pray for her physical man to be healed and cured we pray over her in the name of Jesus rebuke the enemy trying to afflict her hurt her in Jesus name because it's not her lot it's not her inheritance Lord it is not anything that you want her to carry it's not the will of God Lord, we align ourselves with the will of God. By his stripes, I was healed. By his stripes, Carolyn was healed. Pray this in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. There's a lot of life to live. Amen. A lot of life to live. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Yes.
I pray over Cherie that you have a that you have a more evangelistic year coming up. In fact, not I, I don't I I don't I don't I think this is the way it is right here. I'm gonna tell you right now. It's not just you preaching the gospel and holding these things out, but I see many more gathering around you, being able to lead out, and the, the multiplication is, is happening. And there'll be more places hit on a day than just the one that you had that have been able to do all alone or been able to do with just the teams that you have. There's, it's a launching. It's a time. It's, a, it's, a, it's now a multiplication is coming. I don't know if I'm using the right words, but there's going to be a lot more foxes with their tail on fire. And they're going to burn those doggone barley fields down. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you know, sometimes we get to directing because we have so many things, people we have to manage that we forget we're supposed to do it too. I don't think you're ever going to be that person. You love doing it so much. Hallelujah. And you know, that's what will make it work for the other people. You're not just teaching them how to be a boss. <laughs> you're just teaching them how to do the stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's a good plan. That's a good plan. Praise God. So I encourage you to be healed. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Be healed in Jesus' name. Be healed, sister. Praise the Lord. I pray over you in Jesus' name. Would you go back here and lay hands on him right now? Thank you, Father. Jesus' name. We just pray right now. Touch, healing, and grace. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, we ask you to fill the vessel to overflowing in Jesus' name. We thank you for her. We thank you for her. Hallelujah. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to go back. I'm almost done, Pastor. I'm going too long. Just, just, just tell me. I'm going to pray for you, brother. I'm just going to pray for you. Amen. Father, we thank you for a touch. We thank you for ministry tonight. We thank you for helping this. I pray that all the symptoms and the signs of it go. I rebuke this in Jesus' name, and I just pray strength, and that tomorrow's a new day, brand new day, fresh day. Old things have passed away. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you know Jesus? All right. Glory to God. Good. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, thanks, guys, for being patient with me tonight. We love all of you. Hallelujah. Love, love the worship team tonight. Love you guys very much. Y'all are awesome. I mean, praise God. I love. Man, we got in there. The presence of God came. And it was no doubt. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let's give the Lord Jesus a great big shout. Amen. Praise God. Amen. He's worthy. Well, listen, tomorrow night's our final night of revival. We'll, uh, new, new creations will be back with us again tomorrow, which I'm excited about. Hallelujah. Amen. And uh, 
I am so grateful to God for all that he's been doing. Uh, tomorrow night I'll be ministering. And so I want you to come with expectation. Come with your hearts open. And, uh, uh, you know, we'll just see what the Lord will do. Amen. I, I know he's got great plan for us. Praise God. How many of you received something today? Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Well, Father, we thank you for all that you've said and done. We're so grateful, God, for your goodness, for the power of your spirit that's poured out in this place, Lord. We pray, God, that as we go, you'll go with us. A touch through us, God, everywhere that we go. May, may everyone, everywhere that we go, know uh, telefredia. Just like they knew about your disciples, uh, your apostles, Lord, in the book of Acts. May they take note that we've been with Jesus. Que les efreba. Uh, because the same measure and the same manner in which you moved uh, through Jesus, Father, you're going to move in and through us, Lord, in this hour and in this season. In Jesus' name, you said the works that you do, we would do also, Jesus. Greater works we would do because you've gone unto the Father. And so uh, we thank you. We thank you for the equipment. We thank you, Lord, that you have equipped us with all that is necessary uh, to fulfill your purpose. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. So, Lord, uh, go with us, and we thank you for it. And everybody that believed it said amen. Amen. amen.